we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Greetings and welcome to our bazaar. The Nonsense Bazaar. Jesus Christ. We're your hosts. My name is Willow Truman. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And today we're going to be taking a walk along the path of sweetness. No. <laughs> Why'd you now, do this? Now, what is that? It's the first book in a series called The Joy Chronicles. And it's probably the last one I'll be reading because it it was a lot. Yeah. Like, it, I, yeah, no. The Joy Chronicles. It. Now, is this, uh, is this smut? No, I wish it was. I fucking wish it was. There is, there's a little bit of sex talk in it, but not, not enough to justify how many pages. I mean, I feel like a Ashtar Command romance would be pretty PG thirteen. Yeah. 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 So, um, in the book, which the the cover boldly claims is based on a true story, even though the author says that it is a true story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a woman named Joy discovers that there's a part of herself that's been living in a different dimension, the tenth dimension. Oh shit! What does that feel like? You'll find out. Okay. Once she begins connecting with this tenth dimensional version of herself, she starts developing her ability to consciously interact with galactic beings and ascended masters. Oh, good. Sequoia, would you please read the description for the Path of Sweetness? You'll you'll understand why I chose this. Yeah, I just this um, <clears throat> I couldn't get the script earlier. It wasn't like actually sharing with me, and you sent it in the email because it like wasn't showing up. You sent an email with the link to it, and Google marked it as spam. Probably like because document. of this description. Yeah, literally, probably because of this description. What if? You fell in love with a handsome alien and made friends with an ancient dragon. <laughs> oh. What if you got life tips from famous dead people and style advice from a fabulous genie? What if you could experience something greater than yourself, greater than Earth? Would you write a book about it? Yeah, probably. Joy Elaine did. She shares a life story that is incredible, sometimes believable. <laughs> Very honest. <laughs> <laughs> the publisher wasn't fucking having it. <laughs> Sometimes believable and frequently unimaginable. Her account challenges you to examine your own dreams and experiences in a much larger context. And she invites you to play your part, if you're ready, in helping to elevate the Earth from third dimensional mindsets to the eighth dimension and beyond. This heartwarming, humorous, mind-blowing adventure in several parts will take you far away to other universes where an alien spaceship commander wears sexy underpants. <laughs> Is that on the cover? I've, I fucking searched this book for the word underpants. Yeah. Because I'm like, am I missing something? I, there's no mention of underpants anywhere in here, let alone sexy underpants. Wait, is that on the back of the book? Yeah, that's a t fucking tease. There is no mention of any sexy <laughs> underpants. Uh, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. So did you just have the physical book, or do you have to? Do you have? No, I had the Kindle version, so I could search it. Search it. <laughs> I'll be honest. Whoever wrote the fucking blurb on the back was just having fun with it, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where an alien spaceship commander wears sexy underpants and back home to places where the... <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> and back home to places where the ants dance and a fairy baby melts your heart with uh. a smile. <laughs> You'll never look at a swizzle stick the same way again. You surely won't. We're, the, that, that, we're saving that for the end. Why? Grab this shooting star and ride it into the greatest adventure of your life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So okay. that's what we're in for. Okay. Thank you. Um, the full name of this book is Path of Sweetness, Journal of Galactic Romance and Global Evolution. Fuck yeah. I'm going to say this right off the bat. I like the author, Joy Elaine, also the main character. Sounds like a fun lady. Yeah, I believe that she she's completely in on this worldview, and I love that for her. Like, she's totally in, and, she, like, she's sharing this because she wants it for other people. I mean, you know what? You know? <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. And I chose to cover this topic not to make fun of her, but to spark a conversation about genuinely what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> okay. Like, actually. Like, help me figure out, Sequoia. I can try, but what I have been? What is going on here? I might be biased. I don't know. What if she's right? I can only hope. What if we could all be having steamy romances with galactic beings that just want to support our evolution into the 10th dimension? It's all I want. Yeah. But before we go <laughs> any deeper, I'm going to do what we do on our show and pull a tarot card for the episode. And we'll yes. talk about it at the end. All right. The Queen of Swords. All right. Queen of Swords. Okay. That's not a very fun lady. Queen of Swords is definitely not walking the path of sweetness. <clears throat> she may be. She may not be. Maybe. But... You know what she is doing? What's she doing? She's uh, doing some light language. <laughs> All right, we will talk about the Queen of Swords at the end. Is this what she looks like? <laughs> I would like to give you a chance to also experience your ascended master cloak. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just had a thought. I bet this exists. Hold on. I just searched light language remix. <sighs> does it exist? Oh, of course it does. If not, we're going to make it. That, that's what, yeah. I might have to. <laughs> Damn, I was really hoping I could just finish that bit. Why has no one done this yet? That's an untapped market. <laughs> Sorely untapped. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got to... I think we got a market. I think so. Yeah. So in order to give us more of an idea of who Joy Elaine is and what to expect from her work, let's explore her website a little bit and make our way to the about page. Not the page labeled Charlie. <laughs> That's for later because you're yeah. not ready for that yet. No. We're going to go to the about page. <laughs> I'm not ready for Charlie? No. Okay. Who is Joy Elaine? Who's Charlie? You'll find out. Wow. Oh, wow. I don't want to end up like her. Go ahead and open this up. <laughs> so she graduated magna cum, cum laude from Indiana State University. That's good. Master's degree in music. Okay. She's a violinist. They're out of their mind. She's also a level four practitioner of... Uh, and animal healing practitioner of serenity, mm. vibration, healing, and enlightenment technique. We're going to explore that a little later. 
But moving on in her about page. So in 1991, an exploration of companies involved in nutrition and wellness led her to become a representative of Shackley Corporation. That's a fake, fake name. That's a front. (laughs) During that time, she also became involved in bodybuilding and competed in several shows in northern Illinois. She's a hobbyist, hobbyist orc grower, hell yeah, and loves to travel to shows around the country to add to her collection. Hell yeah. Three decades of immersion into esoteric teachings and multiple forms of energy modalities, past life regression, Akashic record healing, shamanism, angelic healing, and SVH have given Joy the background as well as the tools and techniques to be able to bring forth the information for the Joy Chronicles. Although many of us are unaware of the big picture of Earth's evolution, we are all involved in it. Joy believes it is more empowering and exciting to know what is happening and be able to play a conscious role in that evolution. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, she's a bodybuilder. She likes orchids. She's a skilled woman. Yeah, she's, she's having a good time. She's legit. Yeah. I don't know if she's legit. She's a legitimate person. She's flesh and blood. Yeah, she has interests. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. Okay. Right now, we're going to hear Joy speaking on a program called The Author's Show, which I believe authors write in and request to be interviewed to promote their books. And that's like, because, I don't know, the selection of authors and books is very random and and wide scale, and it's a lot of self-published stuff and interesting stuff yeah so yeah let's take a listen wait so tell us about your book all right path of sweetness i meet an ashtar commander i learned a lot of the possibilities of about the future for earth and i got so excited about the information that he told me i wanted to share it with readers so who did you write your book for specifically men and women especially women, ages 19, and I'm going to say the upper limit is 90 because I know some of my friends who are that age who are very interested in the books that I've written. People that are interested in finding out about the future of Earth, the possibilities, which are very exciting for me, and bringing those about, they would be the ones who would want to read the books. If you are a person interested in improving your life and also in helping all of us to have a better, more joyful existence, moving into heightened states of conscious awareness, remembering our master abilities, and just having fun reading, then the books are for you. Excellent. Now, could you say there's any type? Okay. I like that we're the 73rd view on this video. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> not a big audience. No, not the author's show. Give them some love. <laughs> Truly, though. Like the video. I don't want to be the first like. There's no likes? There's no likes. That's tragic. I'll be the first like. (laughs) Fuck you. I'll be the first like. There I am. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. I wonder what the um, interviewer is thinking. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if it's a show where you call in to promote your own books for 73 people, I feel like it's not the first light language speaker he's had on. Probably not. Yeah. I feel like he also didn't want to just be interviewing light language speakers, but that's what happened. Not true. Okay. Got a wide variety on there. I just, I'm I'm looking to see what are some of the other uh, videos on the author's show? Like, what? who are some of the other? Authors? Yeah, yeah. We have Change Your Mindset, Save Your Child by Doris Barron. Whoa. Whoa. I can only imagine. Huh. <laughs> Breaking Backbones, Information is Power, book one of the Hacker Trilogy. 
by Deb Radcliffe. <laughs> my Vietnam, a gift to my daughter. Like, just a, a very wide range. The Worst Thing I Could Do by Christy Lee. Curious about that one. What did you do, Christy Lee? <laughs> so, yeah, just a, a wide range. A lot of um, spiritual-leaning things, though. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Now, if you could compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? Well, take the Harry Potter books. I know everybody <laughs> knows about them. But make them for uh, adults and make them nonfiction. <laughs> so why did you write this book? <laughs> I had to write this book. I had to let people know about the possibilities of instant manifestation of perpetually renewing, regenerating bodies. I had to let people know that dragons and fairies and genies really do exist and we'll be able to interact with them peacefully and wonderfully in the future. There's just so much information that people don't know that they've forgotten or they never knew in the first place that I, I had to tell people about. Instant manifestation, what is that? You uh, think of something you want and it immediately happens. That's something we manifest. We manifest here on Earth, but there's a time lag between the time that we we think we want something and it actually happens. And usually what happens in the time when we think we want something and it happens, we have a lot of conflicting ideas about, oh, it's not possible to have that. I don't deserve that. And of course, that just prohibits anything from manifesting that you've chosen. So when you move into non-duality, which is one of the basic concepts of the book that we are evolving into that. Non-duality means there is no time lag between something that you want to happen and the time that it actually happens. So I want a million dollars. I just think it and it appears. Well, you won't need money. I mean, why would you need money when you can have anything you want instantly? That's a good point. So what? It's a good point. Yes. Now, I do want to say, if dragons, fairies, and genies were not only real, but imminent, mm -hmm. as she said, she did have to tell people if that if that was true and she was the one like I'd be mad if she didn't yeah and if there was a way for you to also interact with them I think of all of them like the genies are probably the scariest like if a genie like and I'm thinking like an Aladdin genie here mm -hmm. I'm actually thinking the genie from Aladdin if he just showed up in the middle of the room unbound unchained completely out of pocket that'd be a damaging situation and I would be like why did no one warn me about this? So I get where she's coming from. <clears throat> no, she does meet a genie, but he's like handsome and has like one gold earring. Like the genie from Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> he's like has wavy brown hair. Oh, yeah. He's not like big and blue. His name's Lipony. Nah, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she goes on to say that you can manifest anything you want. She says you could have a diamond or a grilled cheese sandwich. Like, I fucking wish I could manifest a grilled cheese sandwich in my hand. Anytime. Like, yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Hell yeah. So what's the most important relationship you've developed with the people that you write about? I've remembered the fairy that I knew when I was a little girl and reconnected with her. Of course, I've met this Ashtar commander who told me on the second time we spoke that he'd known me for a million years. I loved speaking with the Dragon King. I've seen, you know, some of the masters that I'm working with are Ash our Commander Ashtar, who is the leader of the Ashtar Command, Isis, Osiris, Horus, John Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, 
Cleopatra. I'm talking about the ascended versions of these people, so they are not, they're not the same as they were when they were alive on Earth. They are masters of the highest order. It's been thrilling for me to interact with them. So how do you define non-duality? Okay, so she brings up uh, Commander Tonus. Mm. I'm the, gonna call him Commander Tony. Yeah, Commander Tony. <laughs> how they've known each other for like a million years. Yeah. And instead of just telling you what happened during those first couple of meetings between Joy and Commander Tony. We can call him Tonus. I'm just going to slip up. Yeah. Yeah. You're about to be treated to Sequoia and I acting out those fateful first encounters. <sighs> I have done no preparation for this, by the way. So let's see. Am I, t am I Tonus? Earth Joy was sitting on her Earth sofa one February day in the Earth year of 2014, when all of a sudden she found an element of her consciousness transported somewhere else. She was no longer Earth Joy. Indeed, she was now standing confused at one end of a very large, barren but pleasantly lit room. Her Earth body was no longer old and wrinkled. She was now a barefoot young maiden wearing a gorgeous turquoise gown. She had been transformed into Spaceship Joy. Soon she would learn that she was not alone in this room, as a voice called out, My dear, I am Tonus. Her eyes were drawn to the source of this pleasant voice. A man dressed in a black tunic with gold trim standing in front of enormous floor-to-ceiling windows at the other end of the room. No, not a man, an Ashtar commander. A human man had never made Joy's heart beat in this way. This being was something special. He was fair-skinned with dark, soulful eyes and shoulder-length black hair. Quite frankly, the word handsome did not do him justice. Joy discovered Tonus could telepathically communicate. An Ashtar commander in the flesh. I'm... Wow, I'm... I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, Tonus. I suppose I should introduce myself after my sudden entrance. My name is Joy. I'm sure you know the reason for my arrival. I put together this package of assistance for the command if you want it. Oh, okay, you're just going to levitate it over to yourself. Thank you, dear one. Let's see what we have here. Ah, yes, some feathers, an orgone pyramid. Hmm, a jar of urine? We can add that to the collection, and a signed first edition of the Fountainhead. <laughs> Not sure what we're gonna do with that, but thank you for these offerings. Now, please, come join me and let us gaze out at the stars together. I was hoping you'd ask that. You're reading my thoughts, aren't you? Almost always, dear one. Hmm, don't get me wrong, I'm very attracted to you, but that's... Okay, I'm not gonna think about that. I'm just gonna focus on the view. Just keep focusing on the view. Gorgeous view, isn't it? It really is. It's beautiful. You know, Joy, if you ever choose to visit my ship again, we can hold hands while we admire the view. I don't know if I'm really ready for that. May I have your permission to kiss your hand? Uh, sure, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, goodness. <laughs> wow. 
Well, okay, I think I need to go now. Uh, thank you for speaking with me. Please enjoy my piss jar. Thank you again. <laughs> and with that, Earth Joy awoke on her couch at home, having fled the situation due to nervousness and excitement. But she would be back in a few days with more questions for her handsome friend, Tonas. And to enjoy the feeling of being youthful again. Ah, hello, dear one. You're back. I thought I'd scared you off. There's something you should know that might explain my behavior. You see, we have a deep, we have a deep heart connection. Joy wasn't sure if she was ready to talk about matters of the heart. Hers had been broken many times. She decided to switch the topic to something more comfortable. <coughs> oh, um, why don't you tell me more about your work? Well, I began assisting Earth 25,000 years ago. But in the last 2,000 years or so, I've been on Earth. Not as a human, no. As myself. It's been a great honor for me to have the privilege of becoming commander of this vessel. She's called Inishimura. It means night sky in my language. Inishimura. That's a lovely name. If I may, because it's difficult for me to imagine. What's a normal day like for you, Tonus? I'd get up, feed my cats, do some astral travel from the couch, but what about you? <laughs> my days are quite typical, except for when I'm visited by a beautiful blonde like yourself. <laughs> beautiful blonde like yourself. Why, thank you. Nah. <laughs> I'm considered to be one of the highest ranking members on my ship, and all of us are of one mind. That means they know you when you're here, and they know I'll be giving all my focus to you. I focus all my consciousness on what I'm most passionate about. You know, one day you'll be able to visit me physically, rather than as an energy transmission. Coming on a bit strong, but I do so badly want to be able to do that. Yes, then we'll truly be holding hands and looking at the stars. This ship will be our connection to all of the universes you and I exist within. I exist within different universes. Unbelievable. Joy's mind was reeling with possibilities, excitement and fear. She was enjoying the positive attention from Tonus and worried his duties as a commander might take him away before she'd have a chance to learn more. You seem like a busy man. Are you going to be leaving Earth soon? Dear one, my ship hasn't moved from this sector since our first connection and I will never leave until you can leave with me. We have been together now for many years. You visit me in your sleep. Really? I wish I could remember. Someday you will. That time will come. It is our destiny to see the stars in every possible universe together. There is nothing I would exchange for even one of our moments together. Tonus was yet again getting too intense for joy. So, uh, do you eat food? Do you sleep? Do you ever wear anything besides that black tunic? What can I say? I look handsome in black. I saw the way you looked at me when we first met. I decided from that moment not to change anything about my form. <laughs> but yes, of course I've changed my clothes. I happen to own multiple black tunics. <laughs> Very fashionable. What about food? Do you eat food? Oh yeah, I like food. I don't have to eat it, but 
It's good. So I do. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> have you ever heard of something called Gabagool? <laughs> no, I don't believe we have that on Earth, but it sounds wonderful. Perhaps you can introduce me to it. They paused the conversation to look out the windows of the ship down at planet Earth, forgetting about the Gabagool. No one forgets about the Gabagool. Tonus is like, <laughs> Well, you are from Indiana. You probably know it as Capicola. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dear one, I want you to know that you have incarnated at the most pinnacle of times for Earth. Your experiences in life have perhaps not reflected the great importance in your presence. Because you have an impression of those experiences that is less than ideal, you are now in a transition. You are learning the value of your position on Earth. What you and I will experience together one day will be the seed that all humanity can learn from. Mm, the seed, you say? Mm. What can I... What can we teach mankind? They will learn what it is to be fully in heart. They'll have the union of presence. They will experience the coupling of physical and energy, the blending in the essence of being, which, my dear, you and I will one day know. Joy was confused. I'm confused. Someday you will find out that you love me. This feeling is still unknown to you. When you allow yourself to open your mind and heart to what we have meant to each other for all these years, it will be a great awakening to you. You must realize that you and I speak with each other endlessly in our minds. Throughout many years, we have shared our hearts and joined our hands as we looked out into the night sky. That is a lot to process, but thank you. Thank you, Tonus, for speaking with me today. I think I need some time to think about things. Joy, you are a joy. And through that joy, you will experience the greater union of heart and mind, of spirit, of essence, of consciousness. The first moment of this union within yourself will create a sun so bright that all human beings will witness and understand from your brightness what is possible for them. As Joy sunk into the comfortable feeling of having Tonus next to her in the moments before departing, she still had questions about who she was, but realized she had found something bigger than herself, a purpose greater than anything she could have ever imagined. And for the first time in her life, she was ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's done now. That was their I, I abbreviated a lot of that. We do learn a lot more about Tonus. Um, okay. She visits again for Valentine's Day and he's gotten her a bunch of orchids and she brings him like an astral version of of this pin with a B on it that says be mine. Hmm. Um, and he talks about how he's been with her for millions of years like okay when they first met he was actually in a committed relationship with a woman named Saronia but they had been growing apart this is some hot gossip but they were both initiates at this ancient academy called Imphir and they saw each other and as soon as he saw her it was like time froze so once he saw her, it was like impossible for his heart to see anybody but her. And he tells Saronia, hey, listen, uh, this other woman, the one that I just saw, we locked eyes. Somehow I just know. And Saronia's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. The heart of your heart has entered your life. All right, peace. So from that time, since millions of years ago, he's he's like, by the way, I'm not stalking you. 
Like he says that. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I've just been waiting for you. And, uh, you know, if you ever came up to my ship, I was just here waiting to see if you would come and I would accept and honor whatever choice you make. But I was hoping that you would come. And she's like, "Okay, do you know what I actually look like, though? Because I'm actually like an old lady. He's like, listen, we're in the 10th dimension. We're like, (laughs) this fucking transit. You're sitting on your couch right now. Okay, (laughs) that doesn't matter. I know what you actually look like, by the way. My spaceship is above your house right now. See, I, the fact that he's just like, we're in the 10th dimension, I don't give a shit that you're in a that makes me like him more. Yes. But then he can't leave her alone. Well. Well, I don't want to. But he has. But he has. He's just been. Yeah. Because she didn't even know about any of this. That's why she's so overwhelmed. Because she's like, right. okay, you are coming on very strong, sir. Like, you've known me. I'm just, I didn't even know you existed until like a few days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, you're everything that I've ever wanted. But this is a lot. Like, so my 10th dimensional self has just been like, wait, how many lifetimes have I lived? How many universes? Wait, wait, what? And because like she said in the author show, this is a book about non-duality. Like, that's why none of this really makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Because this is not taking place in our material realm. Oh, I've accepted all that. Oh, yeah. You know, that doesn't phase me at all anymore. Mm hmm. It's nothing, actually nothing about this phases me, which is kind of fucked up. It's, it's, <laughs> um, so now I know what you're thinking, listener. This Tonus guy, he seems like a pretty good lover. You know, he's very attentive. Well, I, I played him like a cheap Phil Hartman, like usual. So I don't know if he, <laughs> I don't know if he comes off like that. Right. <laughs> I played him like a used car salesman. Like I do every fucking character I ever have to play. Right. But you might be thinking, do you have a soulmate in the Ashtar Command? And according to Joy, you actually might, because she ain't special. She's not the only one. So here's a video from her titled, Is Your Soulmate in the Ashtar Command? (laughs) At that time, I'd given up on the idea of having any kind of intimate relationship with a man. You know what they say about when you least expect it? But I really wasn't expecting to encounter tall, dark, and handsome. By the way, if you're a man listening to this video, there are women in the command, and there are also Ashtar commanders who are women. Early on, Tonos told me that the feminine are the individuals that have the greater minds. I wasn't sure I agreed with his assessment, but I decided not to argue. And if you are a person into drama or a woman into the bad boy type, you won't be interested in anyone in the extra command. You know about the types of men and women who live in duality because Earth is a dual world. And while there are some lovely individuals of both sexes to be found here on our dual Earth, That's not who I want to speak about Uh -uh. today. Today, the topic is non-dual individuals in general and Commander Tonas in particular. So that you... On the text on the screen, just flash to 86 million ships on the 10th dimension above Earth. Yeah, that's a lot of potential lovers up there. Too bad they're not real. Yeah, well, they're non-dual. So she recognizes that. And I respect her for it. 
fast oversight on my part. What is the Ashtar command? There's a glossary at the end of this book where Joy tells us what that is. Go back and listen to our fucking episode on it. But (laughs) this is her version of it. Okay, yeah. It's a consortium of elevated non-dual masters who are committed to supporting the graceful evolution of Earth. From the 10th dimension of Earth, there are 86 million ships in their fleet, non-manipulatively, assisting all sentient beings to achieve heightened states of conscious awareness. And she ends it with a quote from Commander Ashtar. He says, Our hearts are pure, and our focus is always to honor the timing of all beings. So, you know, they, they're they there when you're ready. When you're ready to contact them, they're, they're there. But yeah. I was, was going to say non-dual is a played out fucking term way earlier. She says it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's got an interesting idea of... um dimensions like she specifically is in the between the fifth and sixth dimension right now why how because she's done the serenity vibration healing but we'll we'll get to that okay moving on um why would you want a soulmate in the ashtar command i i mean granted they're always there like any time they're just literally waiting up in the spaceship for you if there's 86 million ships i mean it's just a larger Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Consider a partner who never lies, would never cheat on you, has no addictions, is never ill, and is always courteous and considerate. Although Tonos's body would act like a regular human body if he were to move to a dual dimension, as long as he stays on a non-dual dimension, he doesn't sweat, fart, belch, or snore. He doesn't even need to sleep. Wow. Personally, I found those attributes very appealing. Okay. So you don't want a human? No. Yeah. She wants something non-human. Right. Another very interesting thing in her glossary, by the way. Yeah. Is her list of 30,544 names. She says, this is something I've been working on since January 2007. I've spent hundreds of hours researching names of people who have died. People known for their abilities and attributes that I would like to possess. Sananda, the ascended version of Jesus, assisted me to incorporate only the perfected form of their genetics, abilities, and attributes that would benefit me. Now you know, I'm a compulsive list maker. And yeah, she's... Does she list? She doesn't, but she splits up her list into a... She's got Nobel Prize winners... Artists, Olympians, a bunch of different types of authors, gods, Templars, interestingly enough, um, philosophers, samurai, violinists, (laughs) and then things like um, ascended masters, Freemasons, Native Americans, famous women and men. Okay, just like a, a, a whole bunch of shit going in there. Anybody whose qualities she would like to possess, which is evidently 30,544 people. That's the craziest shit I've heard so far. Yeah. Another great thing that your um, non-dual partner can do for you, which is a, a part in the book. She asks Commander Tonus if he would please learn the Argentinian tango for her. <laughs> I I understand that. Mm-hmm. Please play the next. That's sort of my... Number one ideal. 
check checkbox. I want someone to fucking tango with, dude. Yes. Yeah. And he learned all about Earth dances just so he could dance the Argentine tango with me. Fuck yeah. A man <laughs> willing to dance without being drunk. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have. What's happened to you, In my previous Joy? relationships, uh-huh. I usually ended up doing the activities the guy liked while only occasionally sneaking in something I liked to do. It was really appealing to me when, early in this first book, we were discussing relationships and Tonas told me, you must know I have no needs. So it is simply your needs that must be met in order for you to feel comfortable. I asked him if he was ever angry and he answered, why would I be? It's freeing to be in a relationship like this, but also somewhat challenging in a good way for me. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Like, sounds like there's some pros and cons to having a non-dual lover. Yeah. I have no needs. Like, I, okay. I fucking, I understand this woman. Yes, me too. Oh, yeah. She needs this. If, no, well, mm, she's gone. She's lost. If, if you, if you feel like you understand this woman sit down and look in a mirror for six hours and just like figure some shit out. Yes. Like if this feels like you're, it's describing you, like there's something very wrong and you're going to end up like Joyland. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a non-dual lover that learned the tango for you. If, oh God, they learned the tango and has no needs and you never have to. I mean, it's also like, she sounds like. She, <laughs> Doesn't have to drink to dance. Yeah. She's had some bad experiences, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's had some real bad exactly. fucking experiences. That's why next uh, we're, we're going to get a little bit more backstory on Joy. Yeah. Take yeah, a yeah. peek at the, the prologue of Path of Sweetness. Okay. She writes. I was past middle age when I first found myself. Actually, you could say that I was on the verge of becoming old. Rewind back to 1969 when I married my complete opposite. Through the course of our 22 years together, we continued on our separate paths, never quite understanding or accepting each other. I finally realized I could never be the traditional wife that my husband desired. So in 1991, I asked for a divorce. Holy shit, it can take 22 fucking years. (laughs) Hoping to learn who I truly was or who I could be, I embarked on intense exploration of various healing modalities and esoteric studies. Angelic Angelic healing, past life regression, Reiki, shamanism, Akashic record reading, and many others. My studies helped me to realize that I no longer, I, that I longed to help others love and honor the earth as much as I do. I wanted to help people wake up and realize how precious every element and every creature living here is. During this time, I also began, began recording via a small digital recorder I kept under my pillow, what I like to call the nightly news. Throughout the course of my sleep, voices would speak to me. I wasn't sure who kept speaking to me, but the compelling information they shared touched my heart. Uh. One message in particular confounded me. Teach the world the evolution of man by living it. What the did- nightly the nightly news. Can we just pause for a second to sure. talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Because I'm not really sure. Does that mean that she's just recording what's going on under her pillow overnight and then she listens to it in the morning and hears like voices in the static? Um. Or does she talk to herself in her sleep and she's hearing herself say things? Well, she's not asleep. She's in probably in hypnagogia. Mm-hmm. And she's probably conversing out loud with the various things you can interact with in hypnagogia. Interesting. Yeah. So she's probably, the recording just probably has her voice. Right. Yeah. Or maybe she might even be speaking all the roles herself. Mm-hmm. But the voices tell her to teach the world the evolution of man by living it. Yeah. 
she goes on to write by never confronting your own issues and burying yourself in a mountain of fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she goes on to write that she didn't have a clue how to undertake such a lofty injunction. But when she began studying serenity vibration healing in 2003, she quickly realized she had hit the self-improvement jackpot. Indeed. Mm. She could feel her body shift as she worked to release old belief systems and programs that no longer empowered her. So yeah, now we got to visit another website because what the fuck is Serenity Vibration Healing? What is this thing that yeah, she got into I've, in I've 2003? I've been wondering. So let's make our way to the Serenity Vibration Healing website. It's going to blow your fucking mind. Hell yeah. It's going to be exactly what you expect. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. What fucking language is that? It looks like some light language stuff, like yeah. made up language. I was, I too was trying to sort that out. But um, this is a part of Serenity Ministries, which is run by a woman named Jill Marie. I listened to some of her material. Um, I liked it. <laughs> Wasn't bad shit. Yeah. Yeah. Within the genre. Within the genre. But Serenity Vibration Healing is something that when you become a practitioner of it, it, it costs like big money. It's like a thousand dollars for the course and you have to contact like one of the practitioners, take the course through them. And then you'll learn how to like talk to animals and stuff. But would you mind reading some of the text from the, the page? Sorry from that page. All right. It doesn't matter if your goal is to create more harmony in your life, to attract abundance, improve your, improve your golf swing or to heal a broken relationship. SVH is a versatile tool that identifies the seeds and foundations of imbalance and reforms them to support success, personal empowerment, and personal sovereignty. All of this can be achieved through an inner peace and a stillness that is established when mind chatter is quieted. The foundation of this modality is quantum level reprogramming, QUR. QLR. Q QLR, it's very small text. QLR is a reformatting tool that empowers the creator to energetically release limiting beliefs and perceptions while reformatting genetic predispositions and non-serving life patterns. Yeah. So you you get quantumly reprogrammed through SVH. It's Dude, fucking anything to avoid just looking at it. Anything to just avoid staring the fucking darkness in the face. It's... <sighs> I mean, or these are people that have already stared a lot of darkness in the face and want something else. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, like, not... Not darkness, but emptiness. Oh, speaking uh, of emptiness, please press play on the video that's on this page because the first like seven seconds of it were very funny to me. There's going to be no audio. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just a still image of her smiling and staring at the screen that you expect to start talking any second. But then it doesn't and then it fades to black. <laughs> no, right? what the fuck? It was... That's incredible. You just had to experience that the same way I did. It was like a title card or something, but they didn't know how to put a still image. Right. Wow. I I enjoyed that. But kudos to Jill Marie, who runs Serenity Ministries. Kudos. She does say uh, that they do not intend to dispense medical advice, nor do we suggest or prescribe the use of this or any technique as a form of treatment for physical or medical issues without the advice of a physician. It's not... <sighs> And it goes on to say that it is an active form of prayer and our blessed creator is the healer and implementer of all mechanisms of this modality. 
Yeah, Serenity Vibrations um, is interesting. Or not, not Serenity Vibrations, Serenity Ministries. We need a magical malpractice board of review. You know what I mean? Like, like, like doctors have, you know, they can kick them out from being a doctor. You can't be a fucking doctor anymore. You're giving, you're telling people to swallow a string and shit. Like, you know what I mean? We need a magical oversight committee. Yeah. Because it's not about whether or not you're dispensing medical advice, lady. No. <laughs> I will say the beliefs of uh, Serenity Ministries, not too out of control. Not out of control. The problem is that it's a trap. At yeah. least from my perspective. Mm. From my perspective, the only fucking way out is to actually let everything in. Yeah. Not finding the way to reprogram your quantum level, all that shit. You have to just stare the fucker in the face. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of this is like to avoid death. Anything. It's to avoid anything. Any, anything. But specifically death. Because right. she's like, when do I get my fucking body that can regenerate? Oh, we have to reach the eighth dimension. Shit. And she keeps like asking her guides over and over again throughout this book. Like, when do we reach the eighth dimension? Like, I want to know. How do I... Like, am I going to be stuck in this old body? What if I die before Earth reaches the eighth dimension? Like, she's very concerned with uh, what's going to happen to her physical body. And meanwhile, it's interesting because her guides are trying to explain to her, like, joy. Don't worry don't, about that. We don't really want to tell you what's actually going to happen because you're not prepared for that right now. You're looking for all these explanations. Right. So uh, we're, not, we're actually not going to tell you because you're not ready to know. Because I think the truth of the matter is, she knows deep down in her mind, the real answer from within herself is, you're going to die someday. Yeah. And there ain't a damn soul that can tell you. Right. What happens after. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's the, that is, I mean, not to derail it before the tarot card philosophy conversation, but that is always the, the heart of all the fucking conundrums. Because if time didn't run out, you can fix everything. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's that ticking fucking clock that uh is the great attractor for all the stuff that you have to fucking stare in the face i mean like you said the queen of swords is not like a joyful character actually yeah she's quite the opposite really right but she's fucking clear-eyed yeah you know so joy she's a level four practitioner of svh <laughs> And she offers a list of serenity vibration healing processes on her other website, which is Joy of Life Services. Let's see some of what she offers, starting with the level one processes. Like, what does SVH have to offer you if you're not a if you're not looking to become a practitioner and you just want to enjoy the benefits of it? What what can they do for you? So each of these costs will cost you uh, two hundred bucks a pop. Hell yeah, angelic rebirthing which wraps you in an angelic cocoon of love from your conception to your birth. This cocoon blocks all thoughts, words, and energies from outside the womb, which hold less. I'm just saying these words without just like, like they're just going, I'm they're reading just, them and they're not coming They're going out, nowhere. They're just like, like I, that's a hell of a fucking sentence she just wrote. This is only 200 fucking dollars. Like read this Good as point. if it's real. Read this as if you can actually buy this service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wraps you in an angelic cocoon of love from your conception to your birth. This cocoon blocks all thoughts, words, and energies from outside the womb, which hold less than the highest divine love. As you enter this world, you are welcomed by the masters, angels, and guides aligned with supporting your evolution. Yeah, so you're going to get reborn. She's going to like bring you back in time to the point of your conception and surround you with an angelic cocoon of love. 
That's pretty Jesus. awesome. But besides for that, you could do um there are, are a few different sections, right? For level one. You have your level one clearings, your level one shields, your level one physical supports, and your level one enlightenment. Which one should we uh, look into more? Oh, um, I mean, the uh, the clearings talk about like all the shit that they probably should, right? Like the yeah. trauma stuff, but then also like, I'd love to know how to build a sovereignty sphere, you know? Okay. Or a snoop shield. <laughs> what's a snoop oh it's probably not about snoop dog it's probably about people looking at you yup <laughs> fucking let, let's see i think there's a a description for it a snoop shield will um, nullify agreements that have the potential to attract or allow monitoring of your life's progression from any source linked to adversarial intentions and it will apply measures moving beyond all that we know to ask for at this time to ensure the sovereignty of your journey by cloaking information from sources that have adversarial intentions. So we're going to move beyond the source of all that we know to ask that for sovereignty. This is the shit I'm talking about with my whole fucking losing my mind with linguistics and shit. Sovereignty is a great example of that. That's an attractor of a fucking word. Yeah, it that, is. That coalesces things around it. So yeah, you could get a shield... You could also get cleared. Yeah, I mean, I want to get cleared. I want all these things. I want physical support. I want shields. I want clear. I want enlight. I want enlightenment, man. <laughs> the the sleeping angel. What's the sleeping angel? Sounds like the deadliest poison in the world. It will initiate a hologram that reflects an image. Of the way your energy signature and vibration would appear to be if you remained unawakened and ignored your soul's progression. What? Say that again from that way. If you get the sleeping angel, <laughs> it will initiate a hologram upon your birth that will reflect an image of the way your energy signature and vibration would appear to be if you remained unawakened and ignored your soul's progression. So okay. instead of like it it's putting all of your unawakenedness like into this hologram version of yourself upon your birth and taking you back to that time to like put all of that into this other thing and give you a sense of like something You can see else. where you'd be. Yeah. If you didn't pay the $200. God. But wait. There's more. There's, of course there's more. Are you kidding me? Seed shielded. What is that? That's a cum barrier. This. <laughs> yeah, the fetal DNA activation. Goodness. God, there's really, there's quite a lot. But so there's level one, there's level two, and there's level three. Let's move on to level three because these cost $650. So I'm oh. expecting some serious energy work. I mean, it better be. God's mirror. I am Feng Shui, soul lineage, file redirect. You could get an ascension, uh, an ascension shield. Okay. But. Oh. Yeah, you could also pay for um, an overlay. So this will help you to disengage from any bondages you have, like any energetic bondages to cycles of imbalance that you're consciously identifying with. So you can pay for one of these overlays. It says your life will still remain under the new image, but it's like painting a new scene over an old work of art, like adding new details to it. So she can add things like uh, gratitude, 
master genetics, self-love, perfected knowledge. But, you know, you could also get an unweaving, which will empower the creator and your god self to release the hold of any limiting collective agreements that are clinging onto your DNA, like shit from your ancestors that's in you. It's going to get rid of that. This is I am, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's talking about giving you your ascended master cloak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am stuff. Violet master abundance bloodline vibration. Mm-hmm. Also, like, let's not forget sovereignty. As in sovereign citizen, as in far right, you know. It's, yeah, and it's... JFK comes up a lot. Hell yeah. Work, Fuck like... yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I love it. Also, God self. The only other time I've heard that, like, I'm sure it's other places, but it's by that fucking Italian bastard who's dead. The one we've never brought up because he lived too close. Uh, but conversations with my God self. Mm-hmm. was his his fucking ass's book okay yep yeah which so, of course it's what they fucking do is they just grab people who are at the end of their fucking rope mm-hmm. vampire fucks i'm looking at uh some of the testimonials on her page for people that have bought these services mm. <laughs> this one says this is from lisa in rockford illinois she says my ability to preserve and nurture negative self-thoughts was appreciably deteriorated after my first session with Joyce. I began to believe that I wasn't carrying what had felt like a gargantuan black trunk on my shoulders, bigger than Shrek. (laughs) Sorry, that's the only visual that comes to mind. I carried that Shrek trunk since my teens. It is gone. And I know, I truly know that it will not be back. It feels like I erased a line of impending doom. My plates that she stacked included a resurgence of my ability to earn a living, believing that I can. In 11 weeks, I've had more situations come together. And the other change that I've noticed the most is that people seem to be more open to talking with me as if I'm approachable now. (laughs) She got rid of that Shrek on her back. How much does that one cost? Shrek removal? I don't know. That's price. Find out. Find out. Yeah. I gotta know. (laughs) So even though Joy started on her SVH path in 2003, it wasn't all the way until February of 2014 that Joy learned about the Ashtar Command and decided that she was going to start putting some of her SVH techniques to work in an attempt to meet them. And as we know, she succeeded. She met Commander Tonus. She learned a lot of other things from Commander Tonus throughout the book. Like, we learn a lot about him. Like, he has 45 siblings. His father is a commander from Lyra. They have no money there. You know, once we reach the eighth dimension, that's when we can rejuvenate our bodies. He has an Earth birthday for whatever reason. Jesus. Like, <laughs> it's all so confusing. But Tonus isn't the only important person in the book. Let's return to her interview on that author show. So what's the most compelling experience you've had in this journey uh, that you relate to your books? Well, I've seen myself in the future. I've seen myself looking 23. I'm 72 now. I know that would be of interest to baby boomers. I've seen myself in the future manifest a piece of copper on my hand. Now, granted, that wasn't a diamond, but really, you know, (laughs) who wants a diamond? Oh, well, you could have a diamond, but you could also have, uh, you know, a grilled cheese sandwich, anything you want. I really was taken with that idea of presto change, yo, you think it, you have it. There we go. Yeah. So the future version of herself. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's better that we act it. I I think it is. 
In March, Joy came to realize she could spend endless hours pondering the answers to her questions. But the only way to get actual accurate information would be to consult her future self, the part of her existing in the year 2294. Speaking with a voice in her head, Joy manages to make a breakthrough. Hello, future self? Future self, do you copy? Waking me up in the middle of the goddamn night. Yeah, I'm I'm here. You have some questions for me? Yes, oh, thank you for answering. Now, <clears throat> do I have a guardian angel? Who's calling in the middle of the night? Come back to bed. It's my past self. She's from the year 2014. Oh. Well, if you're going to be up all night, take the dog out since you woke him up. <sighs> okay. Sorry about that. Uh, what was your question? Do I have a guardian angel? Let me see. Uh, you have more than 40 angels and guides. Apparently, you're really important. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, okay, 17 of those guides are currently active and assisting you right now. Really? I'd love to know their names. Seriously? Okay. Uh, we got Teresa. There's a note here saying she wants you to be more playful. You also have Marcon, who's a, he's an Andromedan, one of your many non-human guides. There's Michael, Archangel Michael, Archangel Chamuel. Tamara, she she has a goatee. Shara, Lomar, Sandra, Metatron, Init, Kyler, Loressa, Kaffa, Zomat, Estra, and Kay. Well, gosh, I don't, I don't know who I should talk to first. Uh, Estra should be free right now. Uh, let's patch him through. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Estra. I'm not here to answer my phone right now, but if you're one of my guardian babies and you need some guidance, here's a word of advice. Be at peace with yourself. Sorry, let me let me try again. He's usually not doing anything. No, man, I was just fucking with you. I'm here. Hey, Joy, listen. Seriously. Be at peace with yourself. Huh. Thank you. Lord knows I try. Um, is there anything else you'd like to tell me? Yeah, Yo, you called the right guy. List of things I could tell you would fill this entire hall of Akashic Records, but, you know, what I'll tell you is this. We're all here to help you remember what you forgot. Your soul's lineage. Your lifetimes of experiences that led you to today. Now that you're beginning to remember, you're going to be ready before you know it to advance your consciousness to the next level. You're literally advancing as we speak, Joy. Oh, well, what do I need to keep it going? Hold on. Uh, before anyone can answer that, do I still need to be on this call? No. no. Thank God. Esther, what do I need to do to continue my advancement? Can I get real with you about this Tonus guy? Of course you can. It has to do with them. Specifically, it has to do with you awakening the part of yourself that's associated with them. You want to become that beloved person of his. The one who's had this galactic romance. When you're with him, when you're with Spaceship Joy, you believe that you're different, more evolved, and it's true. That joy, that 10th dimensional aspect of your being that Tonus is in love with, that joy is evolved. He exists so that she exists so that you can evolve and become her. Hmm, that makes a lot of sense. My masters have told me that once I'm in the latter part of the 7th dimension, I'll start being able to rejuvenate my body, but right now, and Earth is trapped between the 5th and 6th dimensions. Joy, listen. The physical matters will play out however they do. You should be making a connection with the members of your soul lineage 
who have the qualities to help you evolve into Spaceship Joy. Like my list of 34,000 names. Well, once you connect, their attributes will be reflected to you. It'll be like, be like you're a computer receiving new programs. I thought I already did that when I learned Serenity Vibration Healing. This is, uh, this is different. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> how do I connect with my soul lineage? You ever heard of a soul sweater? I've heard of soul food, soul train, soul mates. Soul sweaters. No, never heard of that. In order to connect, you need to request a conduit that can assist you. Like putting a pink sweater on top of a yellow sweater that's on top of a green one. The more layers, the more non-duality saturates your presence. I'm a little confused. I know. Any more questions? Can you tell me anything about my destiny? No, no. You'll get mad. I might not get mad. You'll get mad. Look, we're all in agreement over here that you will be angry. <laughs> It'll be easier for you to reach awareness of the sweeter values of non-duality. It'll help you recognize and move gracefully into that destiny. You're a speaker who can reach into the deepest recesses of the many. And this will require for you a step to the forefront. The public will be made aware of you. No. Yes. Be patient. Because I'm not telling you now. It'll bring you joy instead of making you angry. Because I'm not telling you now, it'll bring joy instead of making you angry. Does it involve my writing? I used to dabble, but I haven't felt like there's anything important to write about. You'll work through that dissatisfaction. That'll take care of itself. What about my violin playing? What about it? You're good at it. Gifted, even. Not in my dimension, but thank you. I used to be a good violinist. I sat first chair in my college orchestra. Now I sit in the back of my local orchestra. Maybe I'm somewhat above average, but I don't know. Do you think I should pursue Tonus? Man, I'm neutral. Focus on your experience. If your experience is enjoyable with him, how wonderful for you. But... It's not necessary to make proclamations. Proclamations? This is what I'm worried about. My 10th dimensional self up there doing things without me knowing, making proclamations of love that I don't know about? I mean, I think that's something you gotta talk to Thonis about. For now, come with me. In an instant, Joy found herself transported to a special room in the library of Akashic Records, where 94 books selected by Esthera were waiting for her. These books were the conduits to connect joy with her soul lineage. And by reading them, she would awaken dormant parts of herself. Esther's voice filled the room. Now, as you walk around and put your hands on the books, information will begin to stream up through you and move into your levels of consciousness. This should be smooth for you because you have connections to these beings. Some of them have already imprinted attributes into your genes. I am weaving the stories of their non-dual lives into the stories of your life. It will feel like you are wearing a coat of many different colors. Just like Joseph. Be patient. This process will assist you to be happier and not so angry all the fucking time. Anyway, I gotta go now. See you later, Joy. <laughs> Thank you, Estra. More happiness and less anger sounds wonderful. I'll check in with you in two weeks. Longer than that. By the way, could I have your direct number so we don't have to go through my future self? <laughs> Hello? Did you hang up? I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, and so ends her conversation with her future self. The chapter after that, she like goes and visits Malkizadek who helps imprint like better violin playing into her and all of this stuff and blah 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 um she talks to osiris at one point she gets this uh cosmic egg that she has to pass around to different people like she gives it to osiris at one point an egg you say oh yeah. yeah there's there's an egg there's always an egg there's always an egg but this this story there's so much to it there are 42 chapters and each one of them is is full of shit but i want to fast forward to something that's not even in the path of sweetness something that's in other books this may or may not come as a surprise remember how there were 94 books in the akashic records it's interesting because that number's about to come up again yeah 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 joy and tonus adopted some babies at some point 94 of them that's too many babies to give anyone enough attention. Yeah, we're finally going to visit that Charlie tab on the website. Mm. So we're going to learn about what the Swizzlers are. The Swizzlers? The Swizzlers, yes. They are connected to something called the Council of Earth Vigilance. That's the only mention of them within Path of Sweetness. They start out as the Council for Earth Vigilance, and they're a group of 94 beings that are assisting the earth in these other realms but they decide that they want to become physical so they give um directives to this djinn named lipony and say we want to become physical beings but they don't want to be human they want to become like all these different weird types of creatures honestly to me they sound like fucking goetic demons in a way (laughs) like the way that they're these 94 different beings that want to take on anyway hold on in a book called Path of Sweetness, the fallen angels are called the Swizzlers. Yes. The Swizzlers. Yeah. Which loves candy. Right. So when they're first- Also. Yeah. The genie's name is My Little Pony. Lipony. That's a poor man toe of My Little Pony. Lipony. Little, little Pony. Now, oh, please. We're just going to watch- yeah. We're just going to watch the video about the Swizzlers. Going to really fully experience this. Fucking Willy Wonka and the Cum Factory. Swizzlers, Jesus fucking Christ. You're shitting me. Yeah. Fucking shitting me. Meet the Swizzlers. Oh my fucking, this is absurd. (laughs) This joy of the Joy Chronicles video is about the Swizzlers. The 94 children... Ashtar Commander Tonos and I adopted in Book 3, A Wish is Granted. After you read any of the blog articles about them on my website, joyelaine.com, you will understand why we are so fortunate and sometimes challenged to be their parents. Hello, I'm Joy Elaine, (laughs) and I'm delighted to share with you information about these precocious, genius children of ours. My God. When the Swizzlers telepathically join together to be 94 minds working together, they are beyond genius. For example, when we send out transmissions to the Joy Councils in other universes, the Joy it's Councils important other... that they be Jeez. calibrated for each of the worlds in those other 46 universes. Due to cultural differences, it simply wouldn't be appropriate to send those worlds the same assistance we send to Earth. The Swizzlers, working as the CEV, the Council for Earth Vigilance that you meet in Book 1, 
are capable of making our transmissions appropriate for every culture, on every world, in the entirety of existence. Their abilities have pulled us out of hot water many times. But let's look at the other aspect of their natures, which is how they are becoming individuals. Yeah, so just pause for a second as we take this in. Man. Man. Okay, so what are swizzle sticks, if you don't know? They're like shit that you use to stir drinks, like little plastic things. They might have a decorative thing at the top. Is that? Okay. Yeah. I was thinking Twizzlers. Swizzle sticks. I thought that was a candy too. Swizzle sticks. Mm, I would eat that. Yeah, it sounds fucking good ass candy. So, like, these are 94 beings that have been assisting Earth, but then now they want to... They adopted them, okay. Physical, so they need a mommy-daddy, but, like... Joy Elaine, mother of demons. Yeah, like, (laughs) how are they physical if they're not actually physical? Go on. Maybe it'll make more sense. Well, Well, does it make more sense? Let's see. All right. Incarnated in book two, Blossoming of Love, they existed only as an energy consciousness. In that form, they decided that watching TV, and especially cartoons, was one of the best ways to learn about Earth humans. You and I know that isn't a good source, but Mickey Mouse, Scooby-Doo, Casper the Friendly Ghost, and Disney movies were some of their favorites. Former President Kennedy's described their individual incarnated versions as about the equivalent of a five-year-old Earth human. When you add together their eagerness to experience any and every physical activity possible, no requirement for sleep, never getting tired, and being fireproof, courtesy of Laponi Argini, you have a recipe for unparalleled experiences in adventure and experimentation. They are indomitable and indestructible, except when several of them decided to jump into a deep pit using umbrellas for parachutes. Since they are not organic, they didn't feel pain when they ended up in pieces at the bottom of the the pit. But Charlie, who I've had difficulty convincing them of the undesirability of pretending they are Mary Poppins. Okay, what pause. in the ever-living well, could they tr- possibly be talking They trained themselves off of watching cartoons, so they think that they can just, like, operate off of cartoon physics in the physical world, but they can't. She has to train them. Even though apparently they are indestructible. Right, they can end Except- up in pieces and get to try again. Yeah, they don't feel pain. And uh, JFK is aware of them. Good. Okay. Good. So now she's going to talk about Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Let's, I believe she explains that. The picture that shows up on the screen here Fucking, I just is can't. one of the most hysterical things ever. Like, just to see it out of context is like, what is going on here? It is a pencil drawing that looks like a child's drawing of... Just a crazy A man with a fucking man. spider on his head. Yes. <laughs> you ever just have those moments where you realize, this is my life. Yes. That's what I'm going through right Charlie now. Charlie is Swizzler number one, and this is important. This is... Okay, I'm sharing Joy's vision. Okay, I'm assisting. Let's hear about Swizzler number one. 
Though he taught two or three of the others to say a few words, he's the only one who speaks regularly. The others didn't begin experimenting much with becoming individuals until book three, and so it took me ten books to find out a bit about each of them. As of this writing, 57 of them have chosen okay, a Okay, let's hear them. Here are some of their selections. Truly Scrumptious, <laughs> Chase, after Chevy Chase, Bruce, after Bruce Almighty, Charity, he thinks this name helps him to be philanthropic, Teddy Fingers, he always wears gloves, Thursday, Boogie-a-loo, Butterball, <laughs> Whitlin, he loves the whittle, Corny, Pickles, Shelly no. Bitters, Shirley Gal, Siggy, and Trombone. Okay, pause. After watching... Okay. Teddy Fingers? Teddy Fingers! Teddy Fingers might be my favorite. Dude, these are all her cats. <laughs> these are just her cats. Oh my god. These are the best cat names I've ever heard in my life. Teddy Fingers is so good. Truly Scrumptious is, is quite good as, as well. Trombone. But she's really saved the best for last. Trombone. But wait, there's a story about Trombone. <laughs> In the movie Music Man, number 76 decided he wanted to be named Trombone and also to have the bell of a trombone for a head. Laponi assisted him to have that feature. Then number 73 also chose to have a trombone head to be of support. Charlie said they couldn't play themselves very well. Later, when number 73 decided he wanted to be named Trombone also, they arm wrestled for the name. Appropriately, 76-1. Yeah. Yeah, let, just let that sink in. I never trust a genie. No. Never so, trust a genie. Charlie is the only one that can actually, like, speak. Um, the other ones can say a few words. But he's described as having orange hair, a button for a nose, like an actual button, Eyes that are black dots inside of small plastic bubbles and wax lips. And he almost always wears a pair of Mickey Mouse shoes. This woman's mind. This woman's mind. So that's Charlie. And she has a bunch of blog posts about, like, Charlie and meeting with the Swizzlers. Oh. Yeah, there's some really creepy shit in here. Like, this is just a line... From, let me just read a little bit of this to you. Oh, Charlie's teeth are back to normal size today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The last time I was at council, he'd had Lipony make them extra large and hollow so he could store powdered candy in them. He'd take well, out one a that's cocaine. Yeah, he'd take out a tooth, pour the candy on his tongue, then put the tooth back. This gave me the creeps. Plus, he could hardly talk because the teeth were so large. <laughs> that he this is fantastic horror. Yes. And then Charlie tells her with his, his teeth that are back to normal size. Papa told me that Mr. Kennedy told him there was something called pixie sticks when he was president. He said if I had those, I could just put them in my pocket and I wouldn't have to keep taking my teeth out. He gave me a whole bunch of pixie sticks. The green ones are the best, Mommy. I like the stuff that's a little tart. <laughs> God. First of all, I didn't say shit. 
<laughs> and I know I haven't been president yet, but, you know, non-duality and all that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. This is so insane. Oh my god, I have to send this to you right now. What the fuck is this? It's another one of her blog posts. Um, Yeah, open, open that up right now. It's so cringy. It's just like a scene of like, Mommy, I'm so happy to see you. I've been playing let's, a game of, of frog. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Yeah. Okay. I got I got Charlie. Okay, you got Charlie this time. I don't know what he sounds like yet. Mommy, I am so happy to see you. I've been playing with decks of cards. I made my own decks. I put frogs on them. I'm giggling. I'm thinking I could teach everybody to count using frogs. So you've made up a card game with frogs. I did make it, and it's really, really good. I have one frog who's a cartoon frog, and he's really cute. What happens is, as you're playing cards, sometimes you get six of them. Sometimes you got six of them. Frogs, that is. When you win, the frogs come off the cards. Oh. Then you get to play with them, and it's really fun. Sounds like there's some Lipony work in there. Well, yeah, and the funnest part is you can count them. We're very smart, and I'm not going to use no names and pe- no names about people who aren't good at counting. I found that when there's frogs in your hand, then you can count them. And I made sure that the frogs have suction cups on their feet so they can stick to your face. They look like big green boogers. Oh, Charlie. They're miniature, you know, because they have to fit on our cards. Some people look like they got some some fleckles. They're not fleckles at all. So when you're done with them, do they have to go back onto the cards? If the person counts correctly, then the frogs go back onto the cards. Otherwise, they stick on your face a while. Do you have a, a name for this frog game? Yeah. It's called Fleckles. <laughs> I didn't want to call it boogers. Frog plus freckles equals Fleckles. What? Yeah. So that, that it's kind of a, It's kind of a turn of phrase. But this is what goes on in her imagination. Why does it equal Fleckles? It's Fleckles. No, it's but just it doesn't, it's still Freckles. It's true. It doesn't really make any sense because frog and freckles both start with fra. Yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Just yeah. this idea of- No, no, no. I, I, I know what's interesting. Yeah. The imaginary child. Yeah, yeah. This is- At some point- This is so sad. It, it, it is sad. One, one time <laughs> she visits them and all the Swizzlers are dressed up like characters from Toy Story. Yeah. Whitlin is Stinky Pete. Sure. You know, because he whittles. Yeah. Yeah. Whitlin. <laughs> oh, yeah. That oh. would be, that's interesting if they're like, dude, ah, there is a, there is a frog in the Goetia. Frog boy. Is that, that's fucking... I was thinking of it like, did she just watch the Harry Potter movie? Because isn't there a part where like a, f- like a frog candy or something like comes to life? Or I don't know. Dog, I, I don't I don't remember. I don't know. That was... She has a very rich fantasy life. Yeah. She even has it... her own non-dual planet called Ho- Hosemalia that everybody exists on, like all of her people. And she has the Joy Council, which is just like to share her story like everything and she has her own whole planet every universe has a joy council yeah now i have a question though okay do the swizzlers have specific powers oh she actually okay she goes on to talk more about some of the different forms that they take yeah because this is interesting to me too yeah (laughs) it's like what the fuck are the yeah maybe fast forward a bit or like i don't know when she starts talking about it many of them are ambivalent about gender 
Number 43 is called Kelly when he's a girl and Kalu when he's a boy. <laughs> Number 61 wears cowboy clothes when he's a boy and a ballerina outfit when he's a girl. He's a great dancer, by the way. And I just found out recently that for most of his incarnated life, Number 85 has been wearing a western saddle on his back. His reason for that was that he might want to be a horse instead of a boy when he grew up. Charlie confided to me that the stirrups were always getting in the way. 85 was finally willing to unsaddle himself when Charlie and I persuaded him that no horse wears a saddle all of the time. <laughs> There's one that turns himself into a crayon. First of all, they're not the... Goisha, because there's 72 of those. Well, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it would be, I mean, you know, it would be interesting if there were 72 and it was like... It's just a a funny parallel. It's like this this pantheon of mind beings that she's created. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. That all have numbers, but now she's started to like give them names and different forms and like... Some are androgynous, some are, like, like to switch their gender up. And some are just fucking crayons. Yeah, and, well, and the term, the swizzler, if it, whatever it fucking means, like, if it was, like, a drink stirry doodad, that would have implications, too, as something that reaches in and stirs things up, right? Which would yeah. also be a function of, like, of uh, something that traditionally fell under the demonic umbrella. Right. However, it sounds like these guys just want to be a horse- a crayon, and they like to dress up as Toy Story. Frog Boy. Yeah, they're very playful. The f- Charles the Frog Counter. Man, Fleckles. Fleckle. <laughs> that pisses me off so much. I hate it. Fucking. Let's talk about the Queen of Swords. Let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah. So the Queen of Swords to me, like, I don't know. So she's very driven, right? She's also, she's kind of like a single woman. To me, she's the queen that like, her and the king are divorced. Like the Queen of Swords and the King of Swords aren't together. They're doing their own shit. To me, it's the She mentions no addictions. Yeah. Means her husband was an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. It means she's made some fucked up choices in relationships and now needs a lover that is needs nothing from her. She did the thing where she fucking picked the guy she has to take care of and shit. An alcoholic who only dances when he's drunk. Yes. I bet she has some really fucked up memories about dancing and drunkness. I think you're onto something. Well, yeah, she didn't have the courage. Right. And in, 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 when she was younger, when she was probably 23, I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking take a, take a guess. In 1969, perhaps? Yeah. She chose probably the uninteresting, non-dangerous option, um, who turned out to just be a fucking drunk ape. Right. You know? And now she's regretting it and regretting all the children she didn't have and shit. And, well, she, uh, she did have sons. And she talks about how, you know, obviously they, she sees them, they don't buy into any of this. They think right. that she's kind of lost her mind, but she's yeah. made peace with that. Yeah. You know, you watch her in these interviews and you can see she has a wall. She has a crazy wall. And if you know what it, a crazy wall is, a wall full of shit that you printed out, cut out, and then taped to your wall. And it's just full of shit that you printed out and taped I, I to your wall. I have a crazy wall, but I call it art. Yeah. No, but yeah. hers is, is full. Yeah, like yeah. Ashtar Command, like Ascended Master oh, stuff. No. Like mine's just like plus. layered, 
plot points for the book I'm slowly working on and like a, a sigil that stands for I enjoy writing. <laughs> I love a crazy wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got I think one. that it's beautiful, but it also shows that she's somebody that she's built a castle around herself of this this whole serenity vibration healing, these different modalities and also she's very into wellness, holistic healing. She's a bodybuilder at one point. Like she's not just a stupid crazy woman. No, no one ever is. To me, she's a a lonely woman is what I get from all of this. Yeah, like my snap decision, like if I was told to write a character based on what I know about her, well it would be about how when her kids, her real kids were young, she wasn't very present. Yep. Because her husband was an alcoholic and she was in uh preservation mode. Right. And so she didn't get to have the idealized, idyllic um, child-raising experience that she sees in all of these movies and all this shit, Mm -hmm. which is where these fixations come from. And uh, she's also very concerned about having wasted all of her time, hence the million years things, the the eternal never never dying. She had to do so much for her ex-husband that she didn't get to And probably for her kids, too, that now that she's done with all of that and started doing all of this, she's like, okay. I think she, uh, there's definitely a- There's a love component that's very important here. Yeah, and there's there's this idealized childhood thing, these games and shit, these wanting to be these things that strikes me in the same same way. It's a yearning. There's a definite yearning here. Um, And that's what's very sad about uh, the Swizzlers. But that's just me. Right. I think the queen, I mean, I think the queen of swords and perhaps that's just because of like what I've been reading recently and just like, you know, you're always going to take your own fucking um, perspective into play. And I mean, this is reminding me of the book I just read, which is Zen, X-E-N, The Zen of the Other by Joseph Benthany. Uh, which is part of the liminal cycle. I'm just going to fucking recommend that. Go read that shit. It's fucking sick. Um, it's fucking sick. I feel like I'm one of like a hundred people who's read it and it's fucking badass. So it's like three bucks. Go read it. But there's a, there's a big part in that about the necessity of staring at the void mm-hmm. and, and actually looking it in the eyes. Right. To me, she's repressed. The Queen of Swords yeah. is repressed from that. Oh, like, okay. She's built her castle around herself and she's happy in it. Like, she's okay with the fact that nobody believes her, that people question her. See, I was taking it in a different way as in like an advice thing again, like the Queen of Swords being uh, a card of discernment and being yes. able to use the sword mm-hmm. to cut shit away. Yes, because the Queen of Swords in her exalted aspects can use her sword yeah. in that in that manner. Well, again, as like... She's very wise, too, and intelligent. As all these court cards, I feel like every time a court card's been brought up on this show, there's always this dual aspect to it. There's mm-hmm. o- It's always the problem and the solution. Yes. Right? Like, I I feel like that's every single time a court card's been brought up. And I don't know if that's true for every single card. It very well might be. That would make sense. But yeah, on one hand, she has these defenses and these walls and these... The, the defenses being delusions, I mm-hmm. think, right? Um, I think they're, they're delusions that she, like, kind of fully recognizes, though, which is interesting because she has other interviews... She went yeah. on this the Truth Seeker podcast. Sure. And she fully owns, like, listen, I know. <laughs> oh, that changes things. Yeah. Quite a it's lot. Like, I'm really not trying to convince anybody of this. 
this is kind of just like what I do. And I think that it's really awesome. And it's brought a lot of meaning to my life. And I don't know. I want other people to know about it. But I also know it's fucking crazy. (laughs) That changes everything. She doesn't say that. Right. But that is the essence, which is like, listen, I recognize that this is really hard to take in and that I'm. Okay. Well, there is there's a difference if she recognizes that it's that it's a game of make believe. Yeah. Or if she, I don't know, she can, recognizing that other people will find it hard to take in is different than recognizing it. She recognizes that it's non-dual, that whatever's taking place isn't happening here. But I understand what she's saying. It's imaginal. Yes. Yeah. It's imaginal. Yeah. Yeah. Which. And that's why that part where her guardian angel is talking to her about Tonus and is like, listen. This is about if if your experience is good with him, then, yeah, go for it. Don't ask me if you should be with him or not, though. I don't know. But what he represents is you want to be that idealized version of yourself that he's in love with. Yeah. Like that exists so that you can. It gives you something to do on the couch. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I I think that that's actually like whatever the fuck that asshole's name was. Tonus. No. Yeah. I think Esther was pretty wise. Right, because mm-hmm. Tonus is like, he's this cosmic lover that needs nothing. So to imagine having something, somebody that loves you and needs nothing from you, that just fully accepts you unconditionally because they're not even human, perhaps she needs that in order to get there, you know? She needs to have that imaginary lover. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to say if she wasn't like in her 70s, I'd say like, let me get her number and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I always get like there's there's always the weird tension between sometimes people have these imaginal delusions that are unhelpful, right? Unhealthy. I don't think she's looking for a real life relationship at this point in her life. Of either. course, right? It's it's too bad that her it seems like she's uh, estranged from her kids. Like that, you know, that's unfortunate. Right. I don't know how accurate that is. Okay. Word. 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 They just don't buy it. Okay. Well, that's. They just think she's kooky. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. That's fucking whatever. In which case, that, that's fine. But, you know, in some cases, uh, what was the last woman we covered who died at sea? Susan Reed. Susan Reed. I knew her name was Susie. Um, in that case, that was very bad. Yeah. Right. This is very similar. Serenity Vibration Healing reminds me of that light body activation course well, abso- that well, Susan Reed took. So that except- Serenity Vibration, I mean, that's fucking I am. Yeah. You know? Like that's that's Black Lodge shit. Right. But Joy Elaine seems to have been able to integrate it into her life in a way that like, yeah, she's really kooky. She's out there. Her beliefs are are very wacky. But yet, like, she's not homeless somewhere. I don't know. She's living her life. Of course, we don't know if that's the alternate universe. Of course. Right. Like the alternate universe might be a lot better. Like we don't know. I mean, she's talking on an author's show that has 79 fucking views on the on the video book. But that doesn't matter because art isn't for the fucking audience anyway. Right. Right. Like if she's, there's a very real chance that she wouldn't be making anything, you know? And if this is the thing that allows her to make art, then fuck yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And get her writing out there without judging herself about it. Yeah. Yeah. And in which case I can't be anything but cool with it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've matured in doing this show. The path of sweetness, my friend. <laughs> We've walked it. <laughs> it's fine. We've walked it today. Uh, and if you'd like the to keep of, walking the, with us. The Queen of Swords 
is us wow. judging her and being like, it's fine. That's- <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you'd like to keep walking the path of sweetness with us, please do check out our Patreon. We just did a great bonus episode on the golem. Yes, we did. That was super interesting in connection with our Rudolph the Second episode. Yeah, yeah. Main feed. We also have a, a great Discord that you'll gain access to if you join the Patreon. I like hanging out in there. Great people in there. I do too. I wish I could spend more time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you get access to that for just $5 a month starting and uh, you'll keep us ad free. Um, you know, we're Which choosing- I like being. Yeah. We're choosing not to um, pursue advertising because I don't want to fucking sell shit. No. I don't, I don't care. We're selling this. We're selling this. If you like it, support us. Also, we uh we now have a emergency St. Germain sighting hotline. Thank God. Yeah. Somebody if, had to do it. Yeah. If you uh if you see St. Germain in the wild, and I'm not talking about the fucking elderflower liqueur. No. I don't want to hear about your liquor store excursions. Well, listen to them. But we have a hotline number where you can leave us a voicemail and we will listen to it. I don't know what I'll do with it yet. I don't know what we'll do with it yet, but it will be heard if you spot the big bastard out there in the wild. So you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 774-495-0491. That's 774-495-0491. Yeah, and just, you know, we might play it on the air, so don't fucking say anything you don't want on the air. (laughs) And I'll just assume that you listened to that, and it's on you afterwards. But yeah, or leave us a rating and review, all that shit. Follow us on the social medias. I, uh, I don't, are, are people doing blue sky? Is that a thing? The fuck? I don't care. I have to care. It's my career to care. I don't give a fuck. Uh, We're on the things. We're on the fucking things. Find, Find us. us on the thing. Yeah. And take care of yourselves. And uh, don't be ashamed of your fictions. No. Yeah. Meet your soulmate on... <laughs> no, don't fucking go out into the real world. Do something <laughs> real for the love of fucking God. Take a goddamn risk. Jesus Christ. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.